0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead whale till it explodes like a pinata full of whale meat and firecrackers. I'm Jeff, John is here with me, and this week, despite our wishes and intentions, we are left with but one game to review because we both read it already and we don't have time to read another one. That game is Blue Planet a game that misses its promised potential with the kind of intense focus you would normally see in something that is a success let's discuss why on today's system mastery I Welcome back. Hey, John, how you doing? Uh, I'm sleepy. I'm kind of sleepy, too. It's been a uh, it's been a long weekend. It has. But we did have some celebrations to deal with, so why don't we start with that?
1: Yeah, we had to deal with these celebrations.
0: Oh my gosh, they were such hard celebrations. I haven't posted the uh, the pictures to Twitter yet, but we made a promise to each other that if we ever hit that $400 Patreon goal, we would celebrate with bergs.
1: Yes, iced bergs.
0: <laughs> Damn, it, I don't want an iced That just sounds unpleasant. I mean, we, we briefly considered going for the Corvette Diner San Diego experience and getting the big greasy hamburger with peanut butter smeared up on top there. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I love the that Rory. burger. The Rory with the peanut butter on it. Oh, it,
0: man. Ingredients of the Rory are mayonnaise, which I go for none of. So no mayonnaise for me. Peanut butter, bacon, lettuce, and the basic hamburger of bun and, and patty. Yep. That's all that's on there, and that's all you need. It is a fantastic burger. Don't worry about it. You can just trust us.
1: Yeah, just believe me when I say to you, good burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, when I say to you, good burger, and then when, if I ask you whatever the question was about orange soda.
1: Yeah, well, when I, when I ask you, can I take your order?
0: Man, I, I never once watched an episode of that show or the movie.
1: That's sad. The movie is great. The show, looking back on it now, kind of terrible, Except for Keenan and Kel. Like, it's good that they went on to do things.
0: That's good to hear. The, and the, You say that the movie is actually legitimately worth watching? It is
1: actually legit. I watched it like a year ago and went, holy crap, this is actually good.
0: All right, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. Do it. Yeah, I, I will. I will. Anyway, like I said, we went out and got some gigantic, ridiculous burgers to celebrate. So thanks, everyone, for the uh, all your Patreon support. We've hit that goal. Uh, rolling around next month, we will go pro on the website and have the storage we require to keep going for another year or two. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be the best. So good. And I'll even tweet a picture of the ridiculous, stupid hamburgers we got. What did
1: you have? Uh, I got basically the, uh, like a Western burger. Oh, so yeah. So them, uh, them big old onion rings.
0: Yeah, I got something that they, for some reason, decided to call the Sand Dune, which is, as far as I can tell, is not a good name for food. No. You don't want someone to be like, oh, yeah, I think of sand whenever I think of this food. No. But what it was was a teriyaki burger with, I, I want to say, a heap of onion rings that was... What's
1: well, them onion strings? Yeah, it's,
0: it's the skinny onion, the stringies, the, the 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 onion straws, if you will. But it was so many of them as to actually represent a little... I mean, even then, I still wouldn't call it a sand dude. I, I, if anything, I would call it a teriyaki haystack.
1: Yeah, that would be a great name for it, the teriyaki haystack.
0: That's also a really good name for a strip club. Man, you want to head on out for birthday night at the Teriyaki Haystack?
1: Man, I do not know that I am ready to celebrate the day of my birth at the Teriyaki Haystack. The
0: nice thing is, you have no idea what kind of strip club it is, do you? No, no, that's it's a mystery. You don't know until you get past that bouncer.
1: You aren't going to figure that out until you get in there, and then
0: you'll regret it, (laughs) one way or the other.
1: No matter what, you are going to regret this. It's on the sign outside.
0: You're going to regret it. What? The, ter- teriyaki?
1: <laughs> the teriyaki, teriyaki haystack strip club. You're going to regret it. <laughs>
0: I guarantee it. Oh, man, that is just some stream of conscious nothing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was this giant teriyaki haystack of a burger that was fantastic, and now we get to go ad-free, so yay. Yay, thank you. Yep, thank you so much. We Our next goal is at $3,000 an episode, at which point we will purchase a pig.
1: A little micro pig. I
0: mean, granted, we could probably come up with other goals, I guess. But At
1: some point, I'm sure, but really, I'm just looking forward to getting a micro pig.
0: I know. That's have you be... seen
1: those pictures of a micro pig eating a tiny, like, uh, ice cream sandwich?
0: That is adorable. Oh, I have not seen that. I've God. seen a pig being afraid to run downstairs, but eventually doing it so we can get some oatmeal. Yeah. And I believe I've seen a tiny pig pushing a wheelbarrow containing a beer. Good. Those are the things I know about little tiny pigs.
1: Those are all real good things to know.
0: (laughs) All right. So, John, what did we review this or are going to try and review (laughs) this? We have
1: already reviewed it. Good night.
0: I feel like we did that joke last time because of how bad I am at talking. Yep. Yep. So what are we going to review in just a few minutes here? after we finally run out of ways to stall
1: (laughs) we have read unfortunately blue planet
0: yeah that's right the blue planet
1: ah blue planet
0: so so blue planet is by all appearances a game where you play sort of a sci-fi discovery game on a world that is all water uh
1: yeah it says in there that only three percent of this planet's surface is like islands and the rest of it is just water
0: yeah but first impression, when you're just looking at the cover, you're like, oh, cool. It's like a like a sci-fi discovery game, but like there's dolphins in it. Cause I was like going to say it's on Sequest. Cover. Yeah, it looks like Sequest or uh, like Waterworld, but cool.
1: Or like Ryan
0: Sequest. Yeah, it looks like a Ryan Sequest type. Yeah. 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 Hosting the soup.
1: Oh, man. Well, now I know what my character's going to be named.
0: (laughs) The bonus content's going to be Ryan Sequest. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to have to come up with something equivalent, uh, some sort of equivalent at some point.
1: Spoiler alert, everyone. If you haven't already, join the Patreon so you can find out the adventures of Ryan Sequest.
0: And whatever the heck I make. It won't be as good, so don't get your hopes up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, but once you get this book open and start reading it, it very rapidly dawns on you that this is a boring place. This is like the bead store of books.
1: Oh, God. This, it makes me angry because it wants to be like a rad sci-fi book, but it also kind of wants to be kind of cyberpunk
0: dystopian book. Yeah, and there's a little taste of the libertarian. Not much, but I mean, well, maybe you're not getting that the way I am, but I have this sort of gut punch flinch reaction whenever I see more than three paragraphs explaining how the money works.
1: Yeah, it's not really libertarian. It's just one of those things where they're like, I have a complicated system of how money works, but don't worry about it, because I've given you a singular price for things.
0: Yeah, everything's got a singular price, but just feel free, DM, to raise and lower the price randomly and blame it on the competitions between three uh, mega-corporation stock indexes. Yeah, you're like, well, the money for
1: this is corporate scrip Mm-hmm. So everything is, instead of, like, a dollar sign, it's, I have to pay 500 CS. And the corporate script is just sort of like cash, but instead of being backed by a country, it's backed by a corporation. Mm-hmm. But then it has fluctuations in value, like stock would. So if Biogene is doing well, then that means, like, Inner Dev is now doing worse, and so maybe... That price of my Energen stock script goes down, but then the market is flooded with Biogene script, and now it's not as in demand. Fucking, I don't care at all.
0: No, it's it's impossible to care, and yet it takes up valuable real estate in this book, which is not given over to the thing that I kept hoping for, like every time I turned the page in this thing, which is building any sense of like wonder or reason that I would want to go to Water Planet. <laughs> yeah, which is
1: called Poseidon.
0: Yes, yeah, in the most boring possible name, yeah, uh, uh, short of just calling it Water Earth or Water Planet. Yeah. The big bluer marble.
1: (laughs) Yeah, welcome to soggy bottom Earth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, instead it's just called Poseidon, and uh, it's just, so here's the basics of how it all works. The world was all nasty and gross from pollution in the 2100s or so. And then, sure enough, they discover a wormhole. That's my favorite thing.
1: And they're like, great, there's a wormhole near like Pluto or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it it's stable and lets you go through to the Serpentis
0: system. And in the Serpentis system, there's Poseidon, the all-water planet. So since the Earth was all gross and used up, uh, some people launched some ex- a big expedition to go check out what uh, Poseidon was all about. And uh, when they arrive, they 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 establish that oh my gosh, the creatures here use DNA and an oxygen atmosphere. We can breathe, and everything's normal and fine. I mean, this is this is just like a second Earth. We can eat the food, we can breathe the air. Uh, why don't we why don't we send back a spaceship to let everyone know how great it is, and we'll leave behind some research teams to uh, you know just get started in all the research. Uh, note that it takes about six months to travel from one to the other, and you do it in cryosleep, which is described ad nauseum in the book.
1: Yeah, the beginning of this book is just page after page describing what it is like to be in cryosleep and the things that can go wrong with cryosleep and what happens when you wake up from cryosleep. It
0: feels, it's like talking to someone who can't figure out when they should finish talking about a specific topic, and you start noticing that there's like a wave pattern to it they're like, like, and the reason I'm so angry is because of this person, and this person makes me really angry. And the reason I'm so angry is, and you're like, okay, I, I know that there are certain peaks and valleys to this, and there's a point where I could probably interrupt them uh, and You get used to watching those waves of conversation. The thing is, in this book, there, you're going to come to a point later on where it describes how your character would survive cryosleep, like the actual stats for it, and it's like watching the wave hit again. <laughs> it's like, I'm so bored of cryosleep, oh God rules for it, and here he goes, and here's three more pages of cryosleep and what that's like. Yeah. He had a real fetish for cryosleep, the police, money systems but certainly not for, say, for example, interesting things to do on a water planet or things to find there.
1: Oh, my goodness. My goodness, no. He is way more interested in describing, like, in detail what Earth is like where this game does not take place. Yes. He will go on forever about, like, the, uh, I mean, there's this history of what went on on Earth and why it took so long for after the first, like, colonists... They didn't oh, yeah. come back for a the long time. Here. Yeah, so they Pick it up. they had sent their colonists out, and they had genetically engineered them.
0: Oh yeah, so, so we so they could be furries because why not?
1: Well, no, the oh. first ones were aquamorphs, right? And so you had two of them. One was. Like, oh, you can swim real long and you can hold your breath for an hour and you can, like, dive to any given depth you want to and you're rad.
0: Yeah, those are those are the dolphin forms or whatever. And then you got the, uh, the squids. The squids,
1: and they have actual gills. Yeah. They can't dive as deep, but they do have gills.
0: Yeah, they can stay underwater as long as they want, but they can't dive as deep or swim as fast.
1: Yeah. So they were the first ones to be sent through, and the book wants you to know that, like, oh, well, most of these were just sort of, like, uh, either surgical or little alterations, but then they went in and every single colonist, they changed their X chromosomes in their eggs and spermos to be that they would pass on these genes. So they're like, okay, any babies you have, super aqua people. yeah, Great. And then back on Earth, right after this happens, there is the Blight. Yes, and the Blight. Dr. Blight shows up. And then the Planeteers have to fight her.
0: Yeah, the, the, and then right after that, the entire story of Interstellar takes place.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so he goes on and on about the Blight a mm-hmm. lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not the same as the Interstellar Blight, uh, it, but it does do the same basic thing where it kills off like 60% of the crap on Earth.
1: Yeah, because after all of the like genetic research and this boom in that industry that happened after they made these uh, colonists to go to Poseidon, a company called like Fisher Foods created a virus that was gonna go and make uh like rice more difficult to kill. So there was some problem with like bugs or whatever, and they're like, "Okay, we made this virus so that rice will be way more resilient to that." And then it turns out that no, it mutates and it just murders all plants. Mm-hmm. So like all of the crops in the world start getting infected and dying off.
0: Yes. Okay, so basically the book writes itself a big old get-out-of-jail-free card before destroying the Earth in the form of Poseidon, which they then, because of all the problems back on Earth, don't bother to get back to for another two to 300 years. Yeah,
1: they're like, yeah, we could try and build another ship and, I don't know, see what's up with those colonists on another planet, but, like, everyone is dying, so no.
0: So eventually they get all their shit figured out, and they... Spend a lot more time yet again genetically modifying people so that they can look like the like a Naruto grade furry, you know, yeah. like just shit on your face and you're all set.
1: Yeah, so they have two uh, you know, furry types. One is
0: the Silvas, which are the ape people. Mm-hmm. And then you got your cat cats.
1: Yeah. You got your kitty cats and your cat people that just they're they're cat people. Like they are like cat girl cats.
0: Yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of other genetic abnormality things you can do to humans, and those are the various things that you're playing as in this game, is your your uh, squids and your fish and your cats and your apes and your your spacers, which are skinny humans with four arms.
1: Well, it's just prehensile, like, super feet, Yeah, which is basically like four arms.
0: Yeah, and then you got your uh, transhumans and your, your cybos. <laughs>
1: so, uh, the general thing for this is you can have regular humans but apparently at this point it's unpopular yeah yeah, like unless you are religiously doing it for some reason most people have some manner of genetic enhancement or or at least cybernetic enhancement which it it basically combines the two they're like oh if you're going to do any cyber stuff it's because they've had to genetically make it so you can do that
0: right and people who are genetically enhanced are referred to as genies
1: (laughs) well the, the genies are the ones that are like the apes and the cats.
0: Yes, those are genies, and okay. then the other ones are aqua forms, which those are your fish ones.
1: And then the if you're just a regular human that's been modified, you're just a Mahdi Yeah,
0: you're a Mahdi Which, good lord. Yeah, great. These names, the, the, none of these would fly. None of none of these are going to be popular. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can I can see someone calling. Even then, I couldn't see anyone calling the gill person a squid. Cause no, because it squid, makes no sense. <laughs> I'm like, no one looks at gills and goes, squids. That's a squid. I mean.
0: That's the opposite of a fish is a squid. Ugh. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, well, they're just people who can hold their breath forever. If they'd given them any squid thing at all. Oh, yeah. I don't even mean like, oh, they've got to have a detachable tentacle that works like a penis. Or they have to have ten uh, appendages that are, eight of them are tentacles and or two of them are Or if they were just tendrils. like,
1: they squirt
0: ink. Yeah, or they can change their skin color. But none of those. They just have gills on their backs. Great. Sexy, sexy gillbacks, because they, the, they, they are perfectly designed to match See, their own. See, now, gillbacks,
1: however, sounds exactly like something we would call them.
0: You're, you're right. Gillback is exactly what they'd end up being called. They would not be called squids.
1: No. So we have these, and these are your race options. Uh-huh. And in addition to that, if you don't want to be a regular boring human,
0: you can also be, and if you thought I was going to say an alien, you're wrong. You can be a dolphin or an orca. That's correct. You can be two kinds of cetacean. And these things are not genetically modified, except, I believe, like, to survive... uh, Well, they're genetically
1: modified to be uplifted.
0: Oh, that's right. They've been uplifted to the point where they're a little smarter than they used to be. But the idea is that they were always fairly smart.
1: Well, yeah. The, The thing is, this book does not tell you that they were uplifted animals until the end of the book. Yeah. Going through it, if you were just reading it and didn't get to the end, you'd be like, oh, I guess this is just an alternate universe where, like, dolphins and orcas specifically were, like, human intelligence for some reason.
0: Do they even mention, I can't remember at this point, because I read the book first, do they remember, mention what kind of dolphins they are? Because there's only one species of killer whale, but I, there's, like, 50 species of dolphin. Nope. So, okay, I mean, because obviously they'd probably be good old Tursiops Truncatus, the, the bottlenose. Yeah. But, I mean, they don't, they, I guess they don't get around, they just keep calling them dolphin. Yep,
1: they are just dolphins, that's it.
0: And good job. All right, whatever. Uh, so so you can play as those if you want. And if you're thinking, okay, well, it's a water planet, but I, I'm sure that the humans don't spend all their time underwater, so how does that really line up and work? The answer is advanced flying drone robots.
1: Oh, yeah. If you are a dolphin or an orca and anything is happening above water, you're mostly just going to send a little drone to fly around and talk for you.
0: Yeah, and be your, I mean, some of them have weapons mounted on them and have extra drones that can split off them and stuff. There's a whole, a huge amount of this book is given over to detailing the way that advanced robotics work. So there's all this stuff about like, oh, yeah, most characters have little drones that they hang around with all the time and they use the drone as a remote operator to do things that they don't want to do. And you can, here's all the rules for using your skills through a drone and talking through a drone. Yeah. And, you know, it makes a little sense because dolphins need it to, you know, participate in a game that takes place a lot of the time on boats and islands. Yeah. Yeah. But then they give it to humans too, and it just seems like it's such a dramatic force multiplier.
1: Huh. Well, yeah, because as soon as they introduce the concept of the combat drone, mm-hmm. it begins talking about how to use them in combat, and you're like, "Oh, I could just have a like an AI controlled combat drone, and then just have it murder things for me."
0: Yeah, you you certainly could. Anyway, I, I we've been very, getting very deep into the story of this, which the book. Honestly, doesn't do. Here's here's the full list of alien species mentioned over the course of this book. There is a type of rainbowy colored dolphin called a what a sun dancer. I don't know something like that. That is it. There you go. It makes occasional mention that like
1: uh, there are native species mm-hmm. and yeah. that they are like angry and don't like you, but that never goes into describing them at all. Mm-hmm. Or and I'm I don't mean like describing where they are and what they're doing, like, even telling you what they look like. It just says, the natives. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: And about 50% of the time when it says the natives, it means the uh, the colonists. The
1: original colonists. Yeah. And then the other half, it's, oh no, we're talking about the native native species.
0: We're talking about weird alien fish, but they don't describe those, so instead they just keep describing the colonists, who have basically turned into, like, sexy island Brazilian types who spend all their time wandering topless across water world styled structures and and wishing the 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 new humans would just leave them alone. Oh yeah. So the whole kind of you keep expecting, all right, so this is one of those manifest destiny, let's make this new planet our own type stories, but mostly it just seems to be about eco-terrorism. It's all about like
1: Well, the thing is, the way it introduces there are like three forces pretty yeah, much. There's yeah. the the native people or the colonists yeah. basically. Uh, there are the uh, the new colonists that are, like, from the United Nations and so on. And then some that just uh, got there because they, like, managed to find passage. Right. And then and there are the corporates. The, the incorporates. Yeah. And the incorporates, every time it talks about them in the book, it is very much like, oh, these incorporates, they're going to ruin everything. Now, the reason as well That there is a huge rush to get to this planet, and sort of the last uh, nugget of information about Poseidon to know is that it has xenosilica named... Long John.
0: Oh, yeah, Long John, the currency, the, the local non-script currency.
1: Well, no, Long John is ridiculously valuable because it lets you become immortal.
0: Yes, you can eat it, it lets you live a long time, which is probably why it's, why it's called Long John, but... Yeah. They don't explain that, why why the magic currency, the, the unobtainium of the planet is named after underwear, doesn't really ever seem to come up.
1: No, so the they found that apparently on, like, the ocean floors in certain areas, you can find this... And Weird so that, mineral that if you process it correctly, you can have like a procedure that every year you have to do it, and then it makes it so you don't age for that year.
0: Right, and if you process it incorrectly, it'll have all sorts of horrible drug effects on you, but people still do it all the time anyway.
1: Oh yeah, people yeah. are making like knockoff versions of it that can make it so that instead of like a year, you get to not age for like four months but then you also might have like a 3 in 10 chance of just either getting like a horrible cancer or just dying in like a couple hours.
0: Yeah. So basically you play as someone from one of those three groups and uh, the book doesn't really give you a strong sense of what you should be doing. You'd probably want to play a minor or something like that who actually goes down and looks for that, that Long John's and has adventures and what have you. Yeah, but it
1: doesn't... There's nothing in the player's handbook here because we do also have the moderator's guide
0: yeah there's a dmg and then there's another one called fluid mechanics which i believe is tech i i I understand that there's supposed to be a monster manual out there somewhere i don't know if i actually have it or not
1: yeah and there is there's just nothing to get your hooks into it's so boring because it's just oh what is this rad alien planet oh it's mostly just people on islands and they're they're mining and they're they're trying to get get a business together, and and you know maybe someone's got a small loan for you, and you can you can go out and do some farming. And you're like, I don't fucking care. You've given me nothing. It's a rad alien planet, and you've
0: given me no aliens and nothing cool. It's like they made a sandbox, and then they forgot to put like shovels and shit in it. You're like, oh, what could you do with the sand? Push it around. You can sort of sit in it. You could eat it. Yeah, he could look at it. You could move some of it from one area to a different area of the sandbox. Wee. Yeah. And you're like, well, can I get can I make like a sand castle? No, you'd need a module for that. <laughs> you'd need the water module to make the sand more uh moist hardened. Yeah, the uh the book talks about the
1: xenosilicates and that there is supposed to be some like oh deep dangerous secret behind it. And it almost sounds like oh yeah, this xenosilicate is I don't know, there's some Cthulhu monster under the water and it shits Xenosilicate. There's
0: one little short story where something called like a White Reaper or something attacks a boat. And it, all it, all they do is shoot a rocket at it and it dies.
1: Oh, uh, so it's exactly like Cthulhu.
0: Yeah, it's just like Cthulhu, except instead of hitting it with the boat, they shoot a rocket at yeah, it.
1: Yeah, like Cthulhu, it goes down like a bitch.
0: Yeah, just immediately. And then for some reason... 30 years or 50 years later, people are making slippers out of it and stuff. And, <laughs> and we all have to pretend like it's an interesting thing. Yeah. You all have to be like, yeah, I love Cthulhu. I'm not fucking sick of this. <laughs> oh, boy, a Cthulhu hat. Yay.
1: Yay. What, what is this? The
0: 70th game about Cthulhu it's that like has the, nothing? Great. It's like the fucking cranberry juice of monsters. Like,. Every time you turn it around stops yeast infection. Well uh, also yes, but every time you turn around, some game that you liked already now has fucking cranberry juice in it. You're just like, "Oh boy, I love playing this game. Well, what if it had some Cthulhu up in there, huh? Did you ever think of that?" Well, I didn't, but now that you mention it, that's a popular word I know. <laughs> that's a theme that I understand and am not frightened by. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, this book's probably got some Cthulhus. There's a bunch of speculation in the book over what the, uh, you know, there's like three pages given over to ruminating about how aliens probably built that wormhole, but we'll never know.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, oh, there's DNA here and on Earth. Probably someone was seeding planets with DNA. And you're like, okay, that might lead to something interesting. Are you going to talk about? No. Okay, good.
0: No, right back to my favorite thing in this book, which is every combat example being about a badass cop blasting the the marshal and he spends all of his time with like a big old 357 just stalking around boats killing punks yep everything every uh, fight description in this book reads like you're trying to watch a cop like death wish 3
1: yeah it's basically like the writer of this game had just finished watching dirty harry and was like oh yeah
0: that's my character take that punk i'm gonna just stalk around and shoot kids and liberals and anyone who's doesn't drive the right kind of car what the hell is this did my dad write this rpg what's going on it's all about taxes and money and shooting shooting a lower middle class people (laughs) Uh, so
1: (laughs) so the the actual crunch in this game is real real simple like ridiculously simple
0: i mean don't let the book fool you into thinking it's complicated because it will try to yeah The book's like, we developed the most advanced system in the history of gaming.
1: Yeah, I love that they're like, this is the best system ever. Oh my god, you guys, no one has ever thought of a system like this. So it's D10-based, and there are target numbers, and I'm like, oh, fuck you. Yep. Fuck you for being White Wolf.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. There's a a whole uh, block of stats, and your stats are actually very, very small. Yeah. This is interesting, because this calls up a sort of uh, a tactile thing for me. Which is that you can, when you play as just a human in this game, you you have, here's your stats, uh, build, fitness, agility, dexterity, awareness, intellect, presence, and will. If you're playing a human, you have a zero in all of those. Zero is the
1: average for a stat. Human average in any given thing is a zero. Yes. If you are a negative number in anything, then you are below average. Yeah,
0: so for example, if you are a cat in, in something, cat being one of the two types of genies, you have a two build, a zero fitness, a two agility, a negative one dexterity, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because you got weird cat hands. A zero awareness, zero intellect, minus one presence, and zero will. Now, this is what I mean by a tactile thing. I've seen other games that use base zero, like zero is average. Yeah. And normally they they swing, you know, somewhere between like six and negative six, maybe at the kind of the range. Yeah. The thing where you can have a stat of zero has never been satisfying to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just boring. It's it, there's something. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. It's it's perfectly cromulent design. It makes sense. It's the same thing. It, it's easily to, easy to make your brain think that a ten is the same a ten or eleven in D and D is the same thing as a zero in this game, but it's not especially stimulating to design a character with a lot of zeros on their sheet.
1: Yeah, you look down at your character, and if you're playing a regular human, you're like. Boy, howdy, I do sure have zeros and everything. You're like, man, I feel like a chump.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's... I mean, believe me, I understand that it's just math, and it's just it's just semantics and numbers, but it, it just isn't a very visually appealing thing. No. Um, it doesn't let you feel like you have a strong sense of control over the system when your stats range from zero to two.
1: Yeah. Now, the uh, the actual rolling in this, if you have played White Wolf or listened to any of our reviews of some White Wolf games you'll know that when you're trying to roll something, you are the number that you're trying to do is a stat plus skill, but in this, the skill is pretty much everything, because your stat is just going to be like, oh, I'm good at this, like real good, I've got a two.
0: Yeah, well, that's if you're... Cause, uh, yeah, like, for example, the best you can do if you're basically a dude who walks around on two legs of any kind, the best you're going to get is a two. Uh, but dolphins, for example, have a body of six, well, yeah,
1: if you're, like, a uh, like an orca, you've got a ridiculous strength.
0: You have a build of 12, yeah. Yeah. And they have a, a I think it's a dexterity of minus 15, because they ain't got no hands at all.
1: Yep, they're like, we're just big, meaty predators, we're not really going to be doing any fine, dexterous work.
0: It is kind of cool that they can, like, swim into power armor that shoots torpedoes and stuff. That is, that is sort of neat.
1: Yeah, you can get... Power Armor for your cetacean,
0: and it gives them little hands to work yeah. with. Yeah, there's some cool stuff you can do with them. It's just sad that there is nothing cool for them to then go do. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, you're right. You have a 2 in your, in your stat, and then you add your skill to that. And so, let's
1: say I've got a 2 in my stat, and my skill is 5. Yeah. So my target number is now 7. hmm I need to roll a 7 or less on a D- D10, because they decided to go roll under instead of roll over. Right. And... The number of dice that you get to roll is between 1 and 3 based on your aptitudes. Yes. Now, aptitudes are a weird thing for this book. All skills, and as is my favorite thing to do in a book that has way too many goddamn skills, I counted them. There are 91 of them.
0: Yep, that's not quite as many as some other games we've read, but it is still way too many.
1: So 91 skills, they are broken up into like 13, 14 categories. Mm Mm-hmm. And in any of these categories, you have like a couple that you are good at, right? And then a couple that you are super good at, right? So anything that you are super good at, you roll three dice, kind of good two, and everything else you roll one, right? So if you have a rad aptitude at say like the theater arts, sure. You've got your humanities aptitude
0: is super high. Yeah, you matriculated at Showed. I get it. Where are we going? Yeah. So you, even, you've been in Second City for three years.
1: Yeah, so even if I have no skill points in, say, photography, Yeah. I'm still rolling three dice and trying to get under my stat. Mm-hmm. So you still get extra dice for an aptitude group, but you're basically not going to hit anything unless you have uh skill points in it but skill points man even if you're one of the super elite which this book <sighs> fucking... that's the
0: thing i really wanted to talk about is that this book divides characters up into three types yeah which are like regular uh competent and super elites
1: yeah but even if you have the super elite level of uh like i have points that i can put into my skills you're gonna end up with a bunch of shit that you're still just bad at. Right. No, like that's that, real bad.
0: That's fine. It's okay to be terrible at shit. The weird thing to me about the dividing three power levels up is that you choose which one of them you are by just saying that.
1: Yeah, there's so- the book is like, oh, well, you know, in the real world, not everyone is created equal. So, you know, maybe you'll have a dude who's a super rad super soldier and he'll
0: be hanging out with a level one aqua shit farmer. In the real world, you're not a cat mutant on Water Planet. Who gives a shit if there's regular normal people? You're not playing as them. You're playing as the cool adventurers. Yeah, the fact that so many games are like, yeah, but we want to make it
1: so that you can play just a regular human that sucks at things. You're like, why? Fucking
0: why? Probably so you get get eaten by Cthulhu. I mean, that's...
1: Yeah, I'm like, there are games where you are specifically supposed to be playing as a shit normal human. I understand that. That's the premise. But when your premise is... You're a rad colonist on an alien world, trying to explore this new territory. You're carving your destiny into an untamed wild. And And then you're like, but you're also just some chodlinger who managed to get here on the Greyhound of Space. You should really
0: just be an actuary or a businessman. You came here and you're probably just doing some rich guy's taxes. You got an 800 on your SATs, and right now you're the assistant manager at the only Radio Shack left in your county. (laughs) But here's your stats in case you wanted to fight a dolphin.
1: Yeah, I don't. I hate it so much. And then it gives you the option of mixing and matching. Oh, yeah. Because the three tiers gives you tiers for what your stats are, so you can have the three tiers of stats. And then you have three tiers of backgrounds Mm -hmm. because most of your skill points are going to come from you pick like, all right, where did you grow up? What was your life like, and then what training have you had?
0: Yeah, so you basically, your class in this game is your skill package or training package.
1: So you're like, I picked the administrator package, and now I've got administration skills.
0: And then you also get a background, which is the, well, background plus the fact that this game actually has race are the closest things you have to a race, like a race choice in this game. Uh, Because you end up with like three different sources from which skills and stats flow, and you just sort of meld them all together into one thing. So yeah,
1: the uh, you get stats and then uh, skill packages mm-hmm. and then actual like extra points to put into stuff is the last one for like, oh, you just have an extra like 20 skills, and then you get your aptitudes. So like a regular guy has like two things that he's pretty good at and one thing he's very good at. and that's it. And then a super awesome dude has three things that he's pretty good at or yeah that he's super good at and five things he's pretty good at.
0: This book gave me an example of the that's true, but I still don't like it uh, feeling where I was like, yeah, you're right, but you're an asshole, which (laughs) is its description of the wound system where it was like, look, here's here's how the real world wounds work. If you get punched in the nose and then later you get shot, you're not more likely to die because you got punched in the nose. Those are two different damage sources.
1: Yes. And so it was like, we don't do hit points because hit points are for babies. And in our super awesome game, we just have wounds, and the wounds are you have light wounds, mm-hmm. which uh you don't have like a wound track, like uh, no, you just
0: get wounds, and every time you get one, it reduces your skill penalties, and you have to roll against that wound every time you want to do something, to yeah so not it'd fall be like you get
1: cumulative minus ones for light wounds, yeah, you get cumulative minus twos for the heavier wounds, and you have to roll to see if you get knocked out, yeah. And then for severe critical wounds, you have to roll to see if you just die.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it makes perfect sense. Every injury you di- you take is technically a distinct thing. And he's right that getting punched in the face doesn't affect whether or not getting shot that same day will kill you. Nope. But uh, it's still, it's just like saying, uh, in the real world, you should do a whole lot more homework when you're playing your character. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I it's mean, like I'm,
0: yeah, you're right, but no one wants to. That's why we invented abstractions.
1: I'm I'm relatively fine with it just because you go like, all right, great, I took a, a light wound, I just mark negative one and don't care.
0: Yeah, that that's true.
1: Like, it's not bad. It's probably one of, of their innovations in the system. It's probably the one that I am most favorable towards. Fair enough.
0: I just, I you know, we got a question recently that's going to be going into the next afterthought that was like... Uh, like, hey, you guys seem to think that Gygax is too formal and Symbiata is too informal. What is the correct tone? And the answer is, it's not like it's a sliding scale, right? Uh, but there's just different attitudes to different books. And this book, to me, read as smug. Huh. Like, the whole way through, it was like, this is the way things really work. It was kind of like reading Prime Directive again. Huh. Um, here's It's like, hey, we invented the world's best stupidly overcomplicated math system, which at its core is not that interesting. Also, here's why it's so great. Like, I don't (laughs) care, (laughs) guy. Um, So, anyway. So, you've got all of your stats
1: and your skills. You're going to get your skill packages, which, like we mentioned, you've got your background. So, you might be like, oh, I have a background where my family was, like, uh, on a lunar base. And I'm a lunar person. Or I have a background that I was part of, like, some, uh, like, free wasteland group and we were all religious nuts or something.
0: I'm an asteroid miner. I grew up in deep space, and that, uh, I'm actually from Earth, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so you get all of these backgrounds, and then you'll pick your skill packages, and you get a couple depending on what you were. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, all right, I picked a package that was like security for the United Nations, and now you get a few things based on that. Mm-hmm. So overall, with all of those plus your extra skill points— you could have, theoretically, skills
0: and, like, points in maybe half of the skills. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Well, still, that's like 45 things to have points in. That's a lot. But even then,
1: it would be like you have one point in all of them, so you're trying to roll below, like, a three every time. Yeah. But with that, you're probably most likely going to be specialized to the point where you're like, Okay, uh, are you trying to make me roll anything I don't have points in? I do not do it, period. It doesn't uh, happen. I,
0: I have a robot do it.
1: Yeah, and that's... then if if it is something I do, you're like, great, I have an 11 in it, fuck you, I don't care, I win.
0: Yeah. No, well, that's true. It's got a real problem with that. But, you know, it's it's the sort of thing where I feel like if you get the 11, it's just there so that they can apply penalties to it.
1: But the thing is, it's the reason I hate the skills in this game is there's so much shit that doesn't matter
0: oh of course of course there's no way you're gonna get 91 skills and all of them are gonna be relevant
1: Well, yeah because i mean like i said there is an entire aptitude uh thing that is just the humanities Mm -hmm. so you're like okay great i i know about like art history and photography and stuff like that and i go Okay, great. You know, maybe the oration skill will come into play if I need to do a speech. If sure. you're
0: curious about the seduction thing cuz you know I always look into that. This book seduction is fairly okay. It's just it has the clause of this won't work unless they're attracted to your gender.
1: Well, the there isn't even a seduction skill. Not exactly. No. There's there's persuasion, there's negotiation, and there's something else they're basically like three charisma-esque skills
0: ultimately uh, they, it always feels to me like they split cur- the get other people to do things into too many skills yep you can always just make it get other people to do things and then you know leave it up to the player to describe what it is that they're doing
1: yeah but no it's a bunch of different ways to say i'm getting someone to do what i want them to do yeah
0: i'm granted i'm not i'm not singling out this book in that regard no yeah
1: i mean this book is one of many that we have reviewed that just has a lot of goddamn skills and it's one thing if i go okay you've got a baseline of skills that are normal and then you get a bunch of little weird ones if you're playing a game that's like we're cool scientists and you know i'm the botanist so we all have sort of neat skills we can pick from normally and then i go into the botany tree and so anytime we're dealing with plants i'm like yes and i know about this Right, I can understand that. But, what would you say, just yeah. out of
0: curiosity, because because uh, the number of skills is something that we've, we've harped on a number of times throughout the course of books. What's your ideal number? My
1: ideal number depends on the game, mm-hmm. but most of the time I wouldn't want to see a game go over 30.
0: You think 30 is about... You, you,
1: 30 is sort of the limit, where at that point I'm like, guys, you've gone you've gone far enough, you should probably just stop now.
0: Squeeze it off, find some way to consolidate the ones you have left. Like, for example, pilot skills. You could probably s- shrink these down into, like, three, right? You don't need 50.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, if you're playing a game that's like, we're doing a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles game, and everyone's a rad, like, super pilot guy, then you can have things like, hey, I am the pilot. I What I do is fly. And then you can have a guy who's like, I am the race car driver, and I am awesome at driving. But then I think that's less about skills and more about either having like a class that does that or certain powers that you would pick.
0: That's true. There is something to be said for when you see these big huge blocks of 90 to 130 skills or so and all of them are just three numbers or whatever like this is the target difficulty. Moving on, you're just like why why do we need all of these? It, it it's just like Zeke so could remind us that you know that there are a lot of ways in which the world is interacted with.
1: Yeah, I feel like in this game cuz it has a bunch of the like you are an administrator, you were a lawyer, you were a soldier, whatever, mm-hmm. and that gives you your skill package. I feel like instead of having those skills, you could just do a thing where you're like, I have the administrator background, and so anything that's an administrator I can do.
0: Yeah. yeah that's, it, I, that's, you know what, what game did that really well was 2nd Edition D&D. Ah. I hate to admit it, but 2nd Edition had that, that secondary skill thing, and I don't mean the original, like, like, skills, the ones that people are familiar with. You know, I have rope use at a, at a 16. I mean, secondary skills, as in, I grew up as a farrier. I know how to make horseshoes. I know how to make fairies. Well, you make horseshoes, but sure, you also make fairies. Yeah. Um. And, and so, what can your character do? I don't know. Whatever is relevant to horseshoe craft, I can do. I don't need to know if I'm good at, if I'm also good at smithing and and uh, ironmongery and and. Animal husbandry and, and <laughs> water land management use. I could just, can I relate it Both to horseshoes? Carpentry. Yeah. Can I relate it to horseshoes? I could do it. Great. That's that's a good way to do that sort of thing. We're yeah, I mean, well that's
1: c- that's a lot like the the fate aspects and things yeah. like that. I just you can pare these down to yeah. their basic ideas.
0: There's a line. There's a cause there's a certain point I feel like in fate where you can put things like like I've having just recently reread Fate, I there's you know, one of the characters' aspects is infamous girl with sword in the examples. And and the things that they use it for in the book, they're like, Wow, why didn't you just write down can do whatever as your as your fate aspect? Huh. <laughs> just, yeah. Just move on. The <laughs> well, I mean, like, in this book,
1: even more than the, the skill package ones, they have those aptitude things that are just like the sets of skills, and you could have just been fine with that. you would been like all right, I have a skill. It's called uh, like close quarters combat. It covers all the close quarters combat instead of having to divvy it up into the various things.
0: I know, and I understand the, feel- the reticence that people get when they would do that. It's like, oh, well, if I just let people have close quarters combat, then who knows what weapon they'll pick up and start swinging around. You know what? They'll pick their favorite.
1: Yeah, they'll pick the one that makes sense for their character and use that like they always do.
0: Yeah, because it's not like you're going to have to deal with the fact, oh my god, he got a hold of a stop sign. He's hitting guys with a stop sign. Guys, this is so unrealistic. How is this? No, he's not going to do that because the stop sign doesn't do any damage. He's going to pick up the one weapon he's always used.
1: Yeah, he's going to find the weapon that probably min-maxes to his heart's content yeah. or makes sense for his
0: character. And then plays like that. And And... I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're picking on this game too much, because every every game does that.
1: No, but there's not a lot of crunch to this game, honestly. We're basically at the
0: end of it. for for Yeah, for a, a book that is 200 pages of crunch, we can get through it real damn quick. Because right after this, we're going to get into the section of, of you know, gear.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, yay, you could get, like, a computer, and computers are cool, right? Anyway, they can connect things, but it'll give you, like, a page of information on what a computer is. Well, I'm like, yeah, I know. I know what a computer
0: it's is. It's because it's got like five kinds of computers. It's got like computers you can wear on your wrist, computers that are installed behind your eye socket, computer that you plug into your head. When you do that, you can use it to fly around a radio-controlled telephone.
1: Now, let me say my one of my favorite things in any book that's like in the far-off future, oh, they God. have whatever. Here we go. Data spikes. Yep, yep. Data spikes are the the final form of what, like, laser discs used to be. And these weird, like, biological synthetics use lasers and various colors of these lasers with protein chains inside of the spike to hold up to one terabyte of information. Like, ha ha ha. ha, ha. I-, I feel like great.
0: Uh, I, I'm not sh- I feel like it's relatively common knowledge at this point that the general assumption for data is that it doubles every year in terms of like, uh, per space. How
1: easy it is to do.
0: Well, in terms of per space storage. Like right now you can fit a terabyte on a, on a memory stick the size of a quarter. So next year it'll double, and then it'll double again, and so on. And that means it, it gets four times bigger by, by two years from now, and, and, and eight times, and then 16, 256. So it, it's, it's, it's relatively well known. I'm wondering how long it's been well known. Because I feel like every time we read a sci-fi game from the 90s and the the early 2000s, it's always like, in the distant future, the CDs that you use will be half the size that CDs are now.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they always have this weird blend of ridiculous future tech of like, yeah, you just have a little jack that goes into your head and it makes a complete synthetic world around you with... All of these lights and sounds and everything's completely immersive. And then deeply
0: unimpressive numbers.
1: Yeah, and then it's just like, and then you can get a hard drive that holds two megabytes. And you're like,
0: what the, what? It, it seems like it'd be a really easy thing to fix, right? Just quit sci- sciencing, science jizzing all over it and just say, it holds a lot.
1: Yeah, it holds massive amounts, and you're like, "Great, that's all you need to know." You
0: don't need to know more than that, because otherwise, you're going to get into an argument with your DM later about how many, em- uh, like, uh, bites- oh yeah, b- oh, how like- much, how big is this JPEG, Steve?
1: Hold on, uh, are you sure you can download Adobe Photoshop into your head? Because <laughs> that seems like it's awful big
0: program. Look at the distant future; Adobe Photoshop's going to be a subscription system instead of something you just buy. Are you ready for that kind of commitment? <laughs> Just say it holds a lot of data. Just say, oh, in the future you can get a cell phone that can hold every single thing that humans knew for the entire millennia of hu- or for all of human existence up until this point. Yep. And, and and just up into the future. Just keep going. It doesn't matter. It's just huge. You can hold whatever you want on it because ultimately if it if you can't, then it's gonna turn into a dumb argument at some point.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the specific numbers for things like that always they're, amusing. To they're me,
0: always so. hilarious. They're hilarious in Palladium. They're hilarious in this. They're hilarious in Shadowrun. Yeah, people who don't understand
1: how numbers work are the best.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... You know, it's it's 1989 and Kevin Simbieta's is writing his book and he's describing in the far off future of laser disc technology, laser discs will fit in your hand. <laughs> you're like, "All right, I kind of get that cuz you wrote that in the 80s, but this book's from sometime, I'm guessing 2000." It's, it's from 2000. They they should have known a little bit by then. They should have. Yeah. They
1: really should have.
0: I mean, just think about it. the the year after this, Wikipedia was going to happen. <laughs> 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 uh, but, you know, whatever. Um yeah. Maybe at a certain point, we just stop figuring out how to make better and better memory. And, yeah, we a just stop. A terabyte, which already fits on a thing the size of a credit card in my office, uh, is... Now in a big like spike, spike. you got to put in your head, and is made out of goo, and it costs a jillion dollars. Great. I feel like that's just a fashion accessory change. It's yeah. like, Oh, it's not cool to keep stuff on wires anymore. Now we make it out of protein chains and goop, and you stick it in your neck.
1: Yeah, no, that's the new thing, and that's why it only holds a terabyte, because they're like, dude, goop is the future, and then every two years, goop ha- can hold more memory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but for a while there, it was real touch and go. You had that goop that has as much memory as a graphing calculator, but still kept people kept it around.
1: Oh, yeah, I kept playing, like, Drug <laughs> Wars on my goop.
0: <laughs> I got my goop so advanced, I could play Scorched Earth on that shit.
1: <laughs> I just play Snake on my goop. <laughs>
0: There's a snake in my goop. Ha <laughs> Jokes. Jokes. These are the jokes. Uh, so anyway, the gear section goes on for forever. Uh, it, it, it's just endless computers and little robots. The computers can fly and complicated guns and drugs and medicines and so on. It's kind of the coolest section of this book because it's the most inventive.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are some interesting things like their medical technology has a couple goofy things that you don't see in a lot of other stuff.
0: I like the combination band the the band aid that works like a fruit roll up. Like you just tear off a-, a chunk of it that's the size you need.
1: Yeah, and then there's uh like a helmet that if someone is going to die just floods like takes out all of the blood from your brain and fills it with like a nutrient rich goo, mm-hmm. and then uh, you can hold a terabyte of information in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's enough goo, by the way, that you can play, like, Jungle Hunt.
1: <laughs> I'm doing, like, crazy nonsense on there. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> I've got adventure in that.
1: I, hol- I hold my head upside down and it says boobs. <laughs>
0: Nice. (laughs) All right. So after the gear section, I was really expecting that I'd flip the page from gear. And what I would get is, all right, so here's what those rainbow dolphins look like. And here's some basics of wolves or combat. Combat explanations are fine. But here's some things for your characters to do or whatever. And instead, the book just sort of ends yeah This is a sample go- adventure right is no just- it goes through the book and you get through all the gear and you get through everything and then you get to the end and it just gives you the timeline that's right it's the timeline and the timeline is the same shit that the first part of the book was
1: yeah it just it actually there were parts of it that i noticed they had copy and pasted from earlier in the book and just put it in there yep because they were like just explaining something that happened with the blight and there is a paragraph that is literally copy pasted from earlier in the book into there yeah i'm like
0: okay great sure yeah, this book I I was reminded of a lot of other books that we've read while reading this. The tone reminded me of Prime Directive, and the uh the content reminded me a lot of Space eighteen eighty nine.
1: In that it is deeply boring?
0: In that it is deeply boring and it veers off into topics I did not expect for long periods of time. <laughs> I was like, All right, let's let's learn about how it is to play space cops on water planet. Oh, oh, what do you know? Thirty pages about cryoengineering. Okay, hmm. huh. Ooh, 12 pages about what it's like to come out of cryoengineering and the hazing you're going to receive because you have red dots all over you. Oh, yes. Okay. All right, what what next? Four pages about how you spend the money you have. And and it's like, what is happening? What, what Where's the cool adventure?
1: Yeah, it's like he had this idea for uh, what would be a cool sci-fi thing to play. Oh, I know, a weird water world. I really liked Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, but you know what's super awesome? This dumb shit I'm into and then just kept doing that.
0: There's that. It's. It, I feel like it's two things. One of them, he's crazy into certain things, uh, notably law enforcement and gun porn and uh, advanced future robotics.
1: Well, you have to be into gun porn if you're going to write a book like this, especially since one of the major ports in this city where you will come down in is Haven.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. City, city of violence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toes. So he he really likes gun porn. A lot of it, though, seems like he was like, well, okay, but this wouldn't make sense if I didn't explain how this works. And then it's like he just kind of Wikipedia wormholed himself into a book that didn't make any sense. He was like, all right, well, I got to I gotta explain how, co- how come some people have robot arms. Well, okay, but how do robot arms work? I better explain that for a bunch of pages. Yeah, there's this
1: thing for a lot of writers, not just RPG writers, but writers in general where they won't expect a reader to just accept something. Mm-hmm. Like if I go... This dude's got a rad robot arm. Like, he feels like, oh, no, I've said someone has a robot arm, but I haven't explained how robot arms work. They will never believe this. And so now I've got to have a chapter that just deals with the robotics industry of this world.
0: Yeah, and it's the same reason why you have a couple pages dedicated to philosophical ruminations about how the wormhole might have been made by aliens. Yep. Because, you know, it's not like the book wants to introduce aliens. That's not what the game's about. I'm fine with that. You know, I uh, granted I do hate it when people put in alien tech and then not the aliens. Yeah. But whatever, it's fine. We can move on from that. But then he's like, "Well, people won't understand it if I put in a stable wormhole. I better have two characters in the book have a conversation about it."
1: <laughs> yeah, it it really suffers from that. I can't make it so that anyone has any questions. And so anytime he puts in anything that might be weird, he's like, well, got to explain everything.
0: Right. And No, you don't. It's it's crazy water planet, and people brought along dolphins with them and turned themselves into cats.
1: Which I still, fuck it, I don't understand, because it says in the book, when you actually go to the timeline, because again, it doesn't explain a lot of this earlier in the book, Mm -hmm. but it starts to talk about how they had uplifted the dolphins and the orcas years earlier yes so it's not like oh we found out there was a water planet and we're like well we we'll, we're probably going to want some aquatic beings to go along with our aquatic uh genetically uh crazy human people so let's uplift some like actual like aquatic mammals and make them go along with them no they were like oh yeah we had already been fucking doing this before you know back in the 70s some doctor gave lsd to an orca and it turned smart so
0: now we've got those of all the species on the planet that I necess- I wouldn't necessarily want to uplift, I'd probably pick orcas. Yeah. They're already really smart, really adaptable, and really good at eating me. Yeah, no, it
1: would be like, oh, well, what we did was we took the tiger and we uplifted it. You're like, that is an alpha predator
0: that will fuck your shit up. Don't do that. What we did was make mosquitoes sentient. <laughs> <laughs> and hate you. And now we're all dead. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, don't
1: <laughs> don't take something that is going to fuck your shit up and then make it smart.
0: Yeah, they got super lucky that both the dolphin and the orca uplift into being friendly. Yeah,
1: and they're like, "Oh, uh, we really want to prove ourselves to humans." I'm like, "No, you're not a dog. Don't do that." Yeah,
0: don't give yeah, don't give them that kind. Of... Also, why didn't they uplift dogs? Right? That just seems that's like that should be number 1 thing no, that you uplift.
1: Dog boys makes the most sense in Rifts because I'm like, "Well, if you were going to make
0: an animal be smart and hang out with humans, it's dogs." It'd be the one that you already like bio-adapted to hang out with humans.
1: Yeah, you were already genetically messing with them to be your friend anyway.
0: Yeah, we've been doing that since the dawn of time. We were like, oh, let's take these dogs and make them our friends.
1: Yeah, I've, I found this wolf. He's my friend now.
0: Yeah, he hangs around near the camp, but I don't kill him. And instead, he eats my scraps, but he warns me of predators. And eventually, that turned into, he sits on my lap and poops in my yard. <laughs>
1: Which is better than the opposite of that.
0: <laughs> he poops in my lap and sits in I don't care if a dog sits in my yard.
1: I don't care if a dog poops in my lap. <laughs>
0: That's my fetish. It just seems like it'd be the the, the the natural one to be like, well, let's take the many useful qualities of a dog and then also make them intelligent. Yeah. Um, but no, we no. went with cats, or- orcas, apes, orcas, orcas. Well, they didn't even
1: uplift apes and cats. They just went, we're going to splice you into humans.
0: Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to give you some ape elements. Great. Uh, all right. Sure. Anyway, uh, you want to get to the favorites and least favorite things about Blue Planet here, John? I mean,
1: we might as well.
0: Yeah, all right. So what would you say is your favorite thing about Blue Planet?
1: Uh, okay, so Blue Planet has the system uh, that mastery. is... Hmm? Mastery. Yeah, it has the system mastery. Yeah. Seal, Seal of, of disapproval. There it is. <laughs> so the the actual system behind it where it is the roll under and the aptitudes and all that, I don't hate like the the core concept is fine sure the like roll a d10 and try and roll under
0: is okay yeah roll multiple d10s and try and get under a low number that that it makes sense it's fine
1: yeah and the like the one to three system, that yeah. you're rolling I act I'll say I like the one to three system of rolling dice yeah that's fine there's no way to break it which I feel is unfortunate like there's no I it feels like it's missing a like Brownie point or karma mechanic where you can go Normally, I would only be rolling one die on this, but I'm going to use a luck point and roll an extra die, something like that. So
0: you're missing a little bit of a narrative control element. Yeah. All right.
1: I mean, I like having a little bit more narrative control in my game. Personally, that's just me. I understand why it didn't, because he was trying to be all super realism. Sure. But the the core mechanic of the one to three dice and roll under, that's fine. Like, I have no problems with
0: that. That's probably the best thing in the book. Okay, cool. And uh, your favorite thing my favorite thing in this book is going to be the cool weapons and armor options that they provided for uplifted whales <laughs> uh, I thought that was sort of neat I like the idea of a game where you can play as whales I've always pointed I've always for example maintained that rifts under seas is my favorite one of those expansions uh, but this book does a great job with writing them up as characters you can play as it gives them some interesting quirks that that separate them from humanity uh, like the way that they see the world the way that they interact with with uh, humor with uh, with color uh they they did a great job of trying to get into the mind of whales and point out that you know for example whales uh don't really think about things in terms of numbers because they don't have a base 10 system stapled to their arms yeah unlike us where we've we've got the concept of 10 down and we do from the moment that we start sucking our fingers uh whales don't have that they think in different ways and the book does a great job of kind of trying to dive into that and explain how that that flows so i thought that was a really neat concept with which they did nothing yes There you go. What would you say is your least favorite thing about Blue Planet?
1: Blue Planet's worst thing is that it has, as I said before, no hooks. There's nothing to make me as a player read this book and then go, man, I am so excited to jump into this. There are games that just have crap mechanics, but you read it and go, oh man, I still want to play in this world, or there's something really cool about this concept. And even if you decide, oh, I want to you know, like, tweak this or change this, something grabs you and goes, yeah, this is neat. But this is just, okay, there's a world, and it's got water on it. And even when they're talking about like how you live and what goes on there, it's just, okay, well, you're, you're basically just living on an island. And it's like you'd be living anywhere else, except you're on an island. Okay. It's too
0: stable. Is a big part of it.
1: Well, th- The problem is they talk about, in the book, they're like, oh yeah, and Poseidon is no utopia. It has super cyclonic storms that are like twice as powerful as your Earth hurricanes. And I go, okay, well, that's sort of neat. You're mentioned in one sentence and never again.
0: Yeah, and there's like gang violence and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, and it's the mean streets and maybe you're a cop. And I was like, okay, but you know, that's... Who ca- why are we spending so much time on these islands? If if, if uh, this is a game called Blue Planet where you're supposed to be on a boat or a little hovercraft or something, exploring the advanced, vast ocean of, en- of emptiness, and then every story in it is like, the mean streets had a killer. The killer killed 17 men and then ate one of their steaks. <laughs> it was like, what? what? Oh, and it was in a super cool hotel. And I'm like, what game is this?
1: Yeah, for a game that is on a planet that is 97% water... The amount of information on what is in the water is almost a nil, yeah, and that is my big problem with Blue Planet, and the worst thing in there is there's nothing to make me go ooh neat, yeah. yeah, so what is your least favorite thing about Blue Planet?
0: You know ultimately, the lack of hook is it would would likely be my least favorite thing as well. There's just no reason to play this there's it's a neat conceptual world, you know, a wormhole that's accessible through six months of painful space travel to get to a new planet that there where there is virtually nobody. Un uh, un uh, explored vistas for the taking. Just get out there and see what's in this world and so on. And I think that's so neat. And then I immediately think, what what system could I play this in? That's fun. Huh. You know what what hook could I apply to this? Could I could I take that world and make it a juncture for a feng shui game? That'd be kind of fun because that way my players don't have to spend all their time on you know a boat just going north just to see what's north. Huh. Um or or in stupid mega cities that are just exactly the same as in any other semi-future game yeah uh but I, since i you know since i we don't want to both take the fact that the game has no hooks i'm gonna say i'm a little disappointed in the race selection beyond dolphins and whales yep uh it's just i mean grant it's sort of neat you know you got cyber humans you got trans humans but why are there cat people it doesn't fit yeah and the
1: initial thing for them when they're like oh we kept trying to splice things into humans and nothing worked except for apes and cats randomly. And you're like, oh, okay. But then what? And you're like, and then no one liked them, and then they should have died off, but they didn't. And you can play one. And you're like,
0: oh, okay. Why? Why did that happen? What were they trying to accomplish? What? I mean, oh, we were making super soldiers. Oh, of course they're making super soldiers. I retract the question. Yeah, it was super soldiers. It's
1: always super soldiers.
0: Yeah, unless it's small soldiers, <laughs> which is a great movie. Wait, am I thinking of the right movie? Is that the one about little toys that come to life?
1: Yes, you are. You are not thinking of Toy Soldiers with Will Wheaton.
0: Okay, yeah, Toy Soldiers is one is not one where little toy soldiers come to life. Small Soldiers is.
1: Yeah, Small Soldiers is about toys that come to life and are soldiers. Toy Soldiers is about small people that are already alive and fight soldiers.
0: Yes, and Tiptoes is about little people who fall in love and so on. And also, I think uh, <laughs> I think Gary Oldman's in it as as a little person.
1: Yeah. No, there you
0: go. All explained. Everyone understands all of those things now.
1: Great. Now everyone knows.
0: Yep. All right. Great. Would you play Blue Planet?
1: No. No, I would not. There's nothing in this game that if someone went, hey, we're going to play Blue Planet,
0: I I would be like, why? Well, based on your initial reading of Blue Planet, would you be interested in reading either Fluid Mechanics or the Moderator's Guide, which I have as well because these arrived as part of an amazing donation from a fan?
1: Uh, I would be interested in the Moderator's Guide just to go, look, is there anything in here that's an actual plot hook? And you were just squirreling it away for the GM.
0: Makes sense. You know, maybe only the GM needs to know how to run the game.
1: Yeah, well, there's a difference between running the game and being like, oh yeah, let me tell you about any of the things that literally millions of people would have found living on this planet.
0: Yeah, as a casual reader, I get no desire to push further in. No. Uh, which is disappointing. Like, I- I've been reading... I- yeah, I just- as a
1: casual reader, I'm just the tip on this. I do not <laughs> want to push further
0: in. <laughs> I mean, I've been reading Feng Shui 2 recently. Not for the show, just because it's... You know, it was we liked uh, Feng Shui 1. Yeah. And so I, b- I bought Feng Shui 2, and I've been reading through it, and I can't wait to finish it. Every time I flip a page, I'm like, oh, that's smart. That's so clever. I want to see what he does next. There's, and, and every page is a hook.
1: Yep. And-, and there's something to make you go, oh, this is a reason to play this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and to be honest, Feng Shui worked the same way, and it came out, I think, six years before this book did. Yeah, well, it had a much more coherent, rad idea. Yeah, uh, anyway, I don't want to make every book have to stand up to Feng Shui. That being said, I will not play this game. Good. It is boring, there's nothing here. Good. If I wanted to play on a water planet for a while, I'd use any other game that lets me do adventures wherever I want and do that. Mm-hmm. Or I'd get one of the other, actually, there are better water games. There's a Pathfinder uh, setting that is all water stuff that is really neat. Is there? Yeah. Huh. Legitimately really well cool. Interestingly written, with cool like shark mermaids and all kinds of neat stuff.
1: Ah, shark mermaids.
0: Yeah, you know, shark maids or mer-sharks or whatever you want to call them. Ah, shark maids. Yeah, shark-mers.
1: No, shark maids. It's the sharks that are in little French maid outfits and (laughs)
0: clean my house. They want to please the master and then eat him. (laughs) <laughs> I've got cold, dead eyes like a doll's eyes, also you can see my panties <laughs> <Arr>. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's just about it for today, huh? Yep, I think that about wraps are all up perfect as always, we have been system mastery. You can find us at systemmasterypodcast dot com for all your Movie and and RPG review needs. We do so many podcasts, we so do,
1: many podcasts.
0: Uh, if you like what you hear, support us on Patreon, Patreon slash System Mastery. If you give us any amount of money whatsoever on Patreon, you get access to our bonus content, where we we uh, use these books that we read to make characters and describe the character creation process and try to come up with wacky, goofy characters every time. Uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon at any level at all, you get the bonus episodes as well. Otherwise, you can you can uh, interact with us directly as System Mastery at Facebook or System Mastery at Gmail or System Mastery on Twitter or Reddit. You can find us in all those places and talk to us. Send us your questions for our Afterthought podcast. Make recommendations for our Movie Mastery. Stop by the website and vote to make us watch a movie in theaters this month. Uh, we have our poll up right now, which is almost definitely going to be won by Bridget Jones's Baby.
1: Yeah, September is
0: bleak. It is a dumping ground for movies. Yeah, it is just awful. It is like Hollywood's time of the month. <laughs> So, uh, so there you go. Uh, th- thanks so much for listening. Find us, support us, keep listening, and until you see us again, have a good week.